We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. It is always a special occasion when we can welcome Mark Sanchez back to the facility. First time since your playing days? First time back. That's right, yeah. I realized that on the ride over with Nick Mangold. I was like, I haven't been back here in a long time. Uh, Felt good, though. So, New York, you come back. You've been here for a few days. You've been participating in some sporting events and what have you been taking in and um, because you just mentioned mangled correct it was great to reconnect with a bunch of friends uh, i try and get out as much as i can but you know go see a broadway show i got to see the rangers playoff game got to see uh, the yankees last night um so it's been uh it's been a blast but seeing i mean some of the people that are still here from 09 or yep. 14 however long it was you know, the Rich Bedells, the Megan Gilmores, Ezra down in the training room, Bobby in the training room, Bobby Mastrodi, security. Like, that was really cool, you know, because the those wonderful memories come flooding back. Um, the nostalgia of this place for me, um, it means the world to me. This is where, you know, I was first on my own, really, because, you know, I went to college almost down the street from my house. And coming to New York was me, part of me growing up, part of me learning how to be a quarterback, part of me. Um, embracing this franchise because it embraced me. So it's um, it's all kind of coming full circle, and I really appreciate seeing everybody. The draft back in 09, Radio City Music That's Hall. Right. I remember you actually coming up here to the second floor at One Jets Drive, and one of the first things I heard out of your mouth was you were asking people their names, and you said, I have to remember <laughs> your names. I mean, that, that was something that was on your mind yeah. from the get. I think a lot of that was from uh, Coach Carroll, who learned a lot of that from Bill Walsh. And um, he's got a book, The Score Takes Care of Itself, but it talks about the chef in the building, the person signing or uh, selling tickets, the sweet salesperson. Everybody has their specific role in an organization. And that's kind of the way I was brought up at USC. So um, I got to thank Coach Carroll for that. And uh, my high school coach, Bob Johnson, always reminded me, um, you know, it doesn't matter who it is that you interact with. You don't know what that person is, what you'll ever do for them, what they'll do for you, but you got to respect them. You got to treat them the right way. And I hope I did that, <laughs> um, you know, as, as best I could. I felt like I did, but, um, you know, you never know when, when somebody's going to help you out, when somebody's going to um, do something for you. So you always want to be available to them. And that was a big deal, you know, the respect thing and shaking hands and, that was, you know, since I was a little guy, and now I'm trying to teach my little man that, uh, who's five years old, Daniel. So, um, so like I said, it's coming full circle. And it's well, fun. we're going to get to the family here in a little bit, but you mentioned Pete. It's interesting. Yeah. You go back to before you declaring for the draft. Mm -hmm. Pete wasn't a favor of that. Did that strain your relationship at all? Well, so that's it's funny because that um, that was like the headline that oh. Carol and Sanchez, there's bad blood there, you know, and what people don't know. And I've said this, you know, now that I've been retired and stuff, I think I said it when I was playing, but the night before that press conference, Pete Carroll was in my apartment till 2 a.m. And we were eating cheeseburgers. We were eating in and out cheeseburgers. There you go. In and out. We'll get to Jets. So Cal, shut up. <laughs> um, we're eating uh, in and out cheeseburgers talking and he's recruiting me to stay. Yeah. in a way, in Pete's way of, you know, and giving me the whole layout saying a lot of what he was going to say the next day. So it wasn't a shock when I heard what he was talking about because the numbers truly weren't great for younger quarterbacks to declare early 
and go to the NFL, the success rate was really, really low. Now define success. Well, that's relative. Okay, fine. But to have what we had, I wouldn't change my decision for the world because of what I experienced here. And those first two seasons were incredible. So it, it didn't bother me when Pete said it, but since nobody else had heard it, right. I had already heard it and I knew he didn't agree with me, but he was cool with it. Like, but he said, you know, I'm going to say that this isn't, you know, I don't think this is the best move. And I said, coach, I respect that. You, you have a right to your opinion and that's your way of thinking. I just feel like this is the right time for me to make this move. Cool. All good. I give him a big hug at the end of the night. Everything's fine. I go to the press conference. He says what he's going to say. And then it just explodes. Right. And Pete called me like an hour later and he goes, holy cow. <laughs> he's like, dude, I didn't, of course I want you to do well. Of course I'm going to be rooting for you. Like I didn't mean for it to come off. Like I don't, I disagree. And I hope he fails. He's okay. like, that's not, that's not. And I said, coach, you didn't thank you for making the phone call completely unnecessary because I know where you're coming from. It's all good. And he's still never a bump in the road, z like yeah. zero to when I say not. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, it got a lot of press and all that, but what was that private workout like with the Jets? Who was there from this organization? Because a lot of people had pegged the Jets maybe taking a Josh Freeman yeah, after yeah. Uh, Brett Favre, of course, signed with the Vikings. That's right. In that offseason. Um, let's see. Kavanaugh was there, who was here last yep. year. Uh, Shoddy, Mike T, Mike Tannenbaum, Mr. Johnson. Who am I forgetting? I feel like there were one or two more people. Oh, obviously Rex. Um, and this I want to say that might be it. But we went to dinner after, and this was the kicker, and Rex always loved this story. But And you obviously remember Rex's personality. Um, but we're walking out of dinner with that whole group, and there's a motorcycle parked right in front of the restaurant with a helmet on it, hanging on it. And I didn't ride a motorcycle, don't know how to ride a motorcycle, like nothing, had nothing to do with me. But I walked over to it because I felt so comfortable with them. I was like, I really hope I go to this team. Right. I don't think it's going to happen because they're picking so late. But never in a million years was I going to know that they were going to trade up like that. And I don't know if they knew it at the time. So I went to go. I said goodbye to everybody. Thank you. You know, whatever. We'll talk soon. Hope it works out. And I grabbed the helmet off the motorcycle and pretended to get on the motorcycle. Rex goes, hell yeah, that's our guy. You know, like joking around because he knew I was joking. And Mr. the look on Mr. Johnson's face, <laughs> he was just like, oh, God, please tell me this isn't real. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just kidding, Mr. Johnson. Sorry. You yeah. know, I remember but, uh, I remember my headline uh, when they actually moved up with Mangini, because mm -hmm. obviously that's right, he right. was with the Browns, to get to number five number uh, overall, sent a couple draft picks and three veteran players, said from Hollywood to Broadway, here there comes Mark Sanchez. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see a show, actually. Are you? Yeah. What are you going to uh, see? American Buffalo. Lawrence Fishburne, I play. Uh, how many plays did you see while Oof. you were here as a player? A lot. <laughs> a lot. I couldn't count. I mean, I saw In the Heights so many times. Wicked, Fences, um, Sheesh, um, Memphis. I presented for at the Tonys, remember? Right. Uh, when Memphis won Best Musical. But I loved it. I just, once I met some of the performers and learned about their schedule, I mean, eight shows a week, these people are taking care of their bodies, learning their positions. They got their whole thing choreographed and their voices got to be on point. Like, 
I just respected them so much. And it was so similar to what we do here as players, you know, and um, I just immediately fell in love. My parents took me to like Lion King when I was a little kid, Oliver Twist when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I always had this, you know, respect and affinity for the arts and, and theater. So it's, um, I mean, there's no better place in the world. You come play for the Jets and you get to go to these shows and people are inviting you to premieres and stuff like that was so cool. So I try to take advantage of it when I could. And my, you know, I, I don't know if the guys will say it, but their wives appreciated it because I'd always bring the guys and say, Hey, yeah, bring your wife, bring your wife. And they couldn't drag those guys to plays or shows or anything. So you were making so everybody more culture, right? So we Come could on get now. at least one boys night. Look, you know, at, I look had at you, a, the young dude. I taking had an agenda. Out. I had an agenda, but they didn't need to know all the details. So. Hey, is it crazy to think that you had four seasons here? Yeah, it's, um, it seemed long and short at right. the same time. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird because once once I leave here, you know, I just start bouncing around. And that was a different experience of the NFL. And I kind of got a lot of things backwards early because we had so much success. Yes. And I'm coming straight out of college where you had success. And I'm like, this NFL stuff's not so bad. Like, it's not so hard. Stay with one team, play here forever, go to the playoffs every year. You know, we'll win a couple Super Bowls along the way. You know, that's how you think. Um, and then you get to the reality of being cut, being traded, like different things happening to you. And you learn a lot more about the business side of the NFL. And listen, you have to go through everything you go through up until this point to get to this point. So I wouldn't change any of that stuff. I met a lot of great people along the way, but obviously the Jets, you know, it's like your first love. You know, you just have um, a special place in your heart for, for this place, the people here, the organization, the city, all of it. Was retirement easy for you at 32? Uh, you're a young dude at 32. Yes. You're still a young guy at 35. It's it's weird. And um, and by the way, we're going to get to your career because uh, you're doing a lot of great things as I'm far trying. as broadcasting I'm is concerned. And you're hosting the, the exchange here with yep. your buddy, Nick With Mangle. Nicky. Yeah, with yeah. Nicky, just, you know, carrying his weight like I used to yeah, as a player. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a complete <laughs> lie. No, um, I, I feel like I was just lucky, blessed, fortunate, all those things combined to have made the relationships I made, learned what I did along the way, and be able to hopefully present myself well and talk about the game, learn enough about the game, all the different systems I've been in. So when I watch something and analyze it, I have a pretty good idea. And then, you know, my people skills kick in and I can relate that information to the layperson who doesn't who isn't like a hardcore football person who doesn't know what cover two man is, but I can explain it quickly. And I felt like that's where I wanted to move on to. Had to learn a lot about being on camera, the red light on the camera, like all that kind of stuff, wearing an IFB, what, what, is, what is all that, you know? And it took a little time, but I felt like I had some of the, the best experience leading into that. Yeah. USC, huge market, New York Jets, huge market. Couldn't get out of a big market. I mean, think about it. Other really than like Denver, maybe for the quick off season I was there, Dallas, Chicago, DC, Philly. like yeah. Philly, like everything, every market was massive. So you do more interviews, there's more press, there's more, you know, polishing that you get along the way. And it helped. And I was just blessed, fortunate, lucky to have an opportunity. And ESPN gave me that opportunity. So I'm you know, forever grateful. Just like the Jets gave me my first shot in pro football, ESPN gave me my first shot um, with television. 
and I really enjoyed it. Learned a ton. You're rocking and rolling with Fox right now. And now I'm with Fox calling NFL games, and I'm loving that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm back in the NFL. I enjoyed the college stuff with ESPN, ABC. It was a great start, like the best way to cut your teeth, I feel like, because it was a studio job. It was um, uh, treetop surface-level stuff about college football. And if you know, if you got to analyze college football when you haven't been in college football for 10 years – that was a lot. I felt like I was drinking college football knowledge through a fire hose. Sure. Like it was trying to get ready for that season was, you know, really stressful. But now that I'm back in the league, like affiliated with the NFL, it's like, this is, I mean, a lot of this stuff I've seen forever. I've, I've been on so-and-so's, you know, uh, team. I've, I've heard him in team meetings. I can talk about that on air and bottom line, you know, this EA like story sell. The good stories sell. Yeah. And so that's what you get a chance to do. And telling fun, funny stories, being self-deprecating, that kind of stuff. I think it's all, it all makes hopefully some good TV. But, you know, ask Nick Mangold. I got a better face for radio. So. Hey, you've always had some great stories as you bust your guy there. Nick Mangold, your longtime center. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Let's, since we're under the lights, yep. let's talk about in the dark. In, oh, yeah. Yeah. In, my girl. Ter in terms of. My girl pair. You got some exciting news. Yes, Why don't you want to share it right now? Well, I don't us. have the ring to show anybody because that's not how it works, I guess. Okay. But uh, no, Perry and I got engaged a little over a week ago, probably 10 days now. Um, but um, we've, been, uh, we've been dating for a while, and uh, she's great. Um, my family loves her. I obviously love her. I'm. Uh, I'm thrilled about this. She's um, no surprise. This is an actress. She's a real cat. Um, <laughs> I guess not. She, but she, you know what she has, and it's um, interesting because she has her friends in the industry and stuff, and there's a few, but she has this like friend group outside that she went to college with that are completely unaffiliated with Hollywood, movies, TV, nothing. And I felt like that's just kept her so grounded. And she's, you know, she's a rock star, dude. She's going to be awesome. Um, whatever her next opportunity is after In the Dark. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but I think she does a great job. And uh, she's so good with my boy, with DJ. Yeah. Um, you know, that was huge. And, you know, one of the blessings that came out of COVID is, like, we're kind of living together, you know? Right. Like, so you get a real good glimpse of, like, what would this really look like with of at the time a three-year-old boy in the house like how is she maternally you know how is she with stuff around the house and like can we work together can we coexist couldn't have gone better so it was you know after that it was a no-brainer i i think i just held off for a couple of years just to be safe but uh, what's her last name again Mattfeld, perry Mattfeld. yeah because people yeah. are going to be uh looking her up at, yeah. who aren't watching her well they should she's good yeah she's yeah. really good she was on shameless she's been in, in the dark um a bunch of different movies and stuff but she's um she's a stud man she's great uh you you totally outdid yourself as far as the plan is concerned can you just well, take us uh, as take us behind the scenes what you actually did there as far uh, as the so we were proposal we were in this uh 
Well, listen, I, you have to understand the backstory because I had, I had hit the brake so hard on this kind of stuff because we had talked about, you know, getting married and, you know, this this whole life together that we're going to build and all that. And so leading up to this, I had all of her girlfriends in on it, her parents in on it, the creator and uh, showrunner of her show in the dark, this gal, Corinne Kingsbury. And so we had been like completely lying to her for like two months, wow. setting this whole thing up the dinner, the surprise, the whole deal. And, <laughs> and so we get to the week we're supposed to go to down to Anguilla, Capjaluca, the Belmont Capjaluca is the resort. And the week we're going, I <laughs> went out of my way to tell her, Hey babe, we're going on this vacation. She had just got film, done filming. We hadn't seen each other in like four months. Yeah. And she was up in Toronto. I was home in California. And so we just didn't have a ton of connection other than FaceTime and calls and all that. Cause she's on set, she's working and it's like a tight deal. Right. <laughs> I said, listen, we're going on this vacation. It's the first time we're going to see each other. I don't want to talk any nonsense about this marriage stuff. So just table it. And it was, <laughs> that's a giveaway. <laughs> no. And she was just like, Oh, like, Oh really? Pretty bumped. Like it, I could tell it like hurt a little bit Yeah. and I'm holding the <laughs> phone away from my face, like trying not to laugh. Cause I know what's going on. Yeah. You know, to the point where I'm telling her girlfriends, like, if y'all blow this, no invite to the wedding. Sure. I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and they are like her friends, friends, you know. So it went off without a hitch. I was shocked. But uh, when we walked in, <laughs> my whole ruse to get her there was uh, to get her to the actual place where we were going to where I was going to propose is um, I said, hey, the lady at the front desk said there's a great place to take pictures out on this um, out kind of in this like foyer area. Uh, and we had everything set up, the dinner, the the whole deal. Yeah. And so it's there's like rose petals everywhere and like this romantic scene. And so we go in and I tell her like, hey, let's um, why, why don't you do your hair a little bit so we can go take some pictures? And like, why don't you wear this? And she's kind of looking at me like, <laughs> why are you shaving? We're on vacation. I was like, I don't know. Let's just take some pictures, you know, like let's whatever. And we open the door to this place and it's all decorated, obviously, for some sort of either like. Um, you know, renewal of vows, right. vows, um, or or like some kind of uh, celebration. Yeah, some kind of like anniversary, romantic celebration, yeah. celebration anniversary, something. And so when I open it, I see the lady Ariel from the hotel, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, are we interrupting someone's event?" And she goes, "Well, they'll be here in a couple minutes, but you guys can take some pictures if you want." It's <laughs> like okay, and we're walking through this like beautifully romantic setting, and Perry's just kind of like sinking lower and lower and lower like damn why would he bring me here if this isn't for me and so we started taking pictures and she was taking selfies like that and i um i'm kind of behind her and so as she's holding the phone like that i put the ring like on her shoulder and so she goes to take the picture and you know how girls are they want to take like 20 pictures so she's taking a bunch and then she finally realizes it and kind of goes like that like there's a bug on her or something you know yeah and then she's like what are you doing you know and i get down on the knee and do the whole thing. And the whole time she just says, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, well, if you let me talk, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Um, and I, and then the, the final kicker was just her parents being there and she had no idea. It was supposed to be like a couple's vacation. And I said, you know, this is a special moment for us, but for you especially. And I know you really want your parents here. So she goes, yeah, I know. And she kind of gave me a look and I was like, well, we can call them out if you want. And she was just shocked, you know? And so her dad, turn on the waterworks her yeah. mom's glasses were all fogged up well you got so pops humid. going too oh huh? dude he's and he's the best they're both great yeah. but uh 
Yeah, I love Papa Ken, Mama Shell. Uh, all right, so extremely happy for you, man. Thank you. Uh, Thank congratulations. You. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. What do you think about what you saw out here today? Yeah. I know it's just OTAs. Robert Salas says this is all about what you're doing from the neck up right, right. now. Not a lot of violence on the football field. But Correct. just a, from a culture perspective, what are you seeing from – Salah, Joe Douglas, and your glimpse of the roster. Well, I think um, they've acquired the right picks. They've acquired the right talent, the right kind of people, it looks like. And you can see it. It's because, um, let's face it, when, when we went on our really good runs, this team was tight. And it, it works, right? It's, um, it's a unique relationship because winning and you, be, you win a lot of games and you get tight or you start to get tight and you win a lot of games. They go hand in hand and they help each other, right? This like symbiotic relationship. So I feel like with what I saw, your QB's out for the day, but Flacco and Mike White pick up the slack and it looks great. The, the amount of talent that they've acquired and the guys who are getting healthy like Mosley, um, the stud up front, Quinn and Williams, like yep. they got players, the guys that wow you, the guys that keep – offensive and defensive coordinators up at night like damn how are we going to stop this guy or how are we going to block this guy or what are we going to do at corner because that kid number one sauce i mean that guy's like freaking flypaper man he sticks to everything does he remind you of crow at all uh, a little bit like crow body wise yeah. but he's got some strength and he's like got some wiry strength the way revis was like mm. dude i mean re throwing one-on-ones against revis was like a waste of time for us on offense you right. know it was like you know, every once in a while, Braylon and Santonio would, would do all right. And they're, I mean, those guys would grind and battle every day in one-on-one. -on -one. So um, that's, you get like feelings of that, right? And you don't want to say anything too soon, but this is, it, at least it's going in the right direction. The trajectory looks like, okay, we're all rowing in the same direction. A couple of guys that they picked up, um, guys that I had been with in Denver, McGovern, Yes. And, uh, we were talking and Will Parks. Today, yes. Yeah. And Will Parks. I yeah. mean, Will Parks is a tough dude, man. Philly kid. Um, I loved him in Denver. He was a stud as a rookie making plays and didn't say a whole lot, but just head down and can ball. And I think that's what Joe Douglas is about. That's what Coach Sala is about. We want football guys. We want guys that can just straight up ball. They respect and care about their teammates. They just want to win and they want to practice. They'll do whatever it takes to win. And it looks like that's what they're building. And once again, as long as you can withstand the external pressure and the, you know, this urgency, like we have to be good right now. And, and if you can avoid judging this team, not just game to game, season to season, but like drive to drive, you know, if they go three and out, like it's okay. Right. You know, that doesn't mean you're going to lose every game. And if they score an opening drive touchdown, that doesn't guarantee a Super Bowl. Just let the thing play out. And I think um, they've done a great job of uh, Coach Sala and Coach Douglas, or, uh, Joe Douglas of letting this thing marinate, let this thing develop. You're going to talk to Zach Wilson. What do you like about him? You know, I love, I love his mentality. I love that, that he has no problem cutting the thing loose because I'd rather have a quarterback where you have to say, whoa, and pull on the reins a little bit 
then like light a fire under them and say, come on, man, like go right. sick them, you know? And so I'd rather have that and, and teach him to play the game the right way and take care of the ball and say uncle when it's time to say uncle. But that's part of being a rookie quarterback. And, um, you know, people do the comparison thing a lot. And I'm like, you guys, the, the, we're comparing apples and oranges, not me and Zach, but the team and, and the, the status of the team and, and team potential at the time we were drafted. These guys, this is a young team. I got drafted to a veteran team. And there were times, I mean, my man Mike Westo <laughs> throws me under the bus the other day. <laughs> but yeah, as a rookie quarterback, does the team have to help win games in spite of the quarterback at times? Hell yeah. That's part of being a rookie quarterback. And that's okay. But as you learn, you start to become the reason why you win some of these games. Like we go in my second year, Houston, Detroit, and Cleveland last play of the game, three games in a row. Yep. And not to say Mike Westhoff's special teams didn't help us, like when we beat Indianapolis and Crow takes it back like 60 yards to give us, to get us close to field goal range, it all works together. And so Zach was figuring it out last year. And you could tell, it, it's almost like playing pickup basketball a little bit, like you try and test out what you can and can't get away with. And now the second year, at least he's got the same system, right? He's got the same language that he's speaking. He's got the same backups that are there that have been through the fire with him. He got a chance to step away and watch how Joe Flacco, Mike White could mm -hmm. conduct themselves in the huddle. And I think he learned a lot from that. So those are things I would ask him. Uh, but I think he's on the right track when it comes to like talent wise through the roof. Now it's what does Coach Sala say? Neck up. Dude, just learn how to play. Learn when it's time to cut bait and move on with your life and don't force it on a third down kind of thing. Some of the, some of the things that are easy to say and so easy to see from the outside, but as a quarterback and a little bit of a gunslinger mentality, like you want to make the play. You're so competitive that you can make every play work. And that's not the way this league works. And so he's starting to figure that out. And so, um, he's got the drive, he's got the work ethic. Um, you know, he's getting his guys together in the offseason, like all those kind of things. Everything's showing – I'm seeing everything I need to see for this to work out. If it works out, at least he put in the right work. Like at least he did all the prerequisites. At well, least well, from he a, from a guy, laid the groundwork. From a guy who played the position, though, what do you like most about that physical skill set? So here's the thing. Plays are never over with him. Yeah. Right? Even when it's covered, it's not because he can move. He can move way better than I ever dreamed of moving. I wish I could roll out of bed on a Sunday and move like Zach Wilson in a game, right? Because this kid can rush for like 60 yards if he wanted. Now, when is it time when that play, as that play extends and it gets longer and longer, you got to get smarter. Your, your IQ just has to continue to grow as that four second play turns into six, seven, eight, nine seconds. Well, what are you doing with the football? What's the situation? How much time is left? How many timeouts do we have? Where are we on the field? What's the real situation? How are we playing? What are the rules right now? Is it fourth down and no matter what, we got to get this ball thrown? Okay, that's one thing. Or is it first down and you're in your own territory and you're down 10 nothing? Well, that's another thing. We probably don't need to force it and go down 17 nothing by throwing a pick. You know what I'm saying? And so he's going to start to register those things and, and put them in a Rolodex. And that's what makes him so scary. Because as soon as he figures it out there, I mean, then it's just pick and choose your spots, dude. And now he's like this prize fighter. And whenever he wants, he knows how to protect himself and just doosh, deliver a knockout blow. What do you think about Salah? Did he have an opportunity to talk to him a little bit? I just, he connects to these guys. Michael Carter's in the room yeah. right now. Um, you know, I would argue that he's the perfect guy for a young team. I really think so. And for a market like this, 
I think he just keeps everything steady, right? He's like this, a guy who preaches like this one voice mentality and just trust what we have going on. There's going to be a lot of noise all over the place. Let's not add to the noise and let's just row the boat in the same direction. And I think, you know, it looks like the guys are really responding to that. Um, but he's a stud. He's been a stud everywhere he's went. I mean, the guys in San Fran were still talking about him last year. D'Amico Rines is their new head coach. Him and I played together in um, in Philly, and he had nothing but just glowing remarks about the guy, and he thinks he's going to be great. What was your most memorable um, stretch here? No, nine or ten? Um, I feel like nine was such a blur because as a rookie, you're in that rookie bubble, and you don't realize – I feel like I remember we went home. We lost to Atlanta at home. And Rex said it's over. And, yes. And, <laughs> and so you, you I went said, to Mom bed. and Dad, I'm coming home. <laughs> yeah, like you start to make plans to go home. And I'm like, where am I going to live? I don't have a house at home. Like I haven't even thought about any of these things. So I'm starting to make a list of all the crap I got to get done. I'm probably going to get a knee surgery. Like all this stuff is going on. You really were, though. Oh, I swear to God. Yeah. I was like, you know, and not checked out. But you start to plan your life and figure out, okay, we're Got to get it going again next year. Let's get started the right way. And then the next day we come in the facility and Rex is like, men, we're back in it. And I was like, looking at, you know, Kevin O'Connell and Kellen Clemens, like, what does that mean? He's like, I think we're going to the playoffs. I was like, oh, okay. So now what? You know? And I was so green. Um, you know, I remember <laughs> I said this. I don't know if I've ever admitted this, but I said I didn't know the divisions. I knew our division, obviously, because of the teams we were going to play. But I didn't know, like, how it's broken down. Yeah. <laughs> so I said that'd be so crazy to play the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Because, <laughs> like, I grew up, the Super, grew up watching the Chargers and LT and all that. Yeah. LaDainia Thompson. And <laughs> Brunel and Kevin O'Connor were like, you idiot. <laughs> Come on, dude. We can't play the Chargers. And I was like, why not? Are they not going to make it? Or he goes, you dumbass. We're in the AFC. And I was like, oh, right, right. Okay, so explain that again. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a learning experience, so, to say the least. But that, that run plus the next year having my second year, I'd, uh, my second year in the NFL coming into the year, I had never won a fourth quarter comeback. Lost two in college, lost two or three my rookie year. Mm-hmm. And that was the first year. And then we went on that stretch, that crazy stretch of the last second plays and fourth quarter comebacks. And we racked up like four or five that year. And once we did it, it was just like a confidence thing, like riding a bike, like you knew how to handle the situation. Like, oh, it wasn't that hard. Like you can check the ball down. It's okay. You know, you can throw the ball away. It's okay. Just don't take the sack because now you're running out of time and we don't have timeouts left. So it was just learning how to manage those situations because I hadn't been in a lot of those, right? At SC, we're up a lot. You know, we didn't have to fight back in a lot of games. And so I had to learn that on the fly here. Um, so I think that stretch was awesome. Um, playing at home at San Diego um, for me was incredible. Other than buying all those damn tickets, I don't think I got paid from the team that week because I just <laughs> went straight to buying tickets for my family. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many good memories. Um, 10. Indianapolis, Peyton Manning's house. Tom Brady, his yep. house. Yep. Almost complete the magical run in Pittsburgh. I know. How Gosh. how often do you think about that? Um, you do know, you think about anytime, the high and the low? The high and the low, for sure, because we had such a slow start to that game. That first quarter seemed to go forever, and we just didn't touch the ball. And then um, the sack fumble before halftime, I think – 
if everybody could go back, we might we might as well just ran it because I don't know what we were trying to get out of that drive. I think we just felt a little desperate and like we had to do something, you know, try and score a little bit, try and kick a field goal something, but that gave them so much momentum before the half. Um, but, I mean, dude, we came back like game bus gangbusters in that second half, and um, it felt like you run out of time. You know, when you leave everything on the field and you're like so close, it didn't feel like you lose. You feel like you run out of time. And um, was so that, that one hurts. Was that, that your best – I, I got to let you get going, but was that your best professional game in New England, Gillette? The three touchdown passes. Once again, slow first quarter, other than Dave Harris's interception. But then we then kind a of, field goal. Then we kind of blew the doors off. Yeah, the, yeah. we had the missed field goal. Yes. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so it was like back and forth, and both of us were like kind of waiting for the other team to screw up. And we both had a couple mishaps, whether it was the field goal or Brady's interception on a screen. I think. I mean, the guy doesn't throw picks, and he threw one on a screen of all plays, and we were just like, "Whoa, what just happened?" Now we got a shot. And then I think I took a sack on first down, like knocked us even farther back. And so we couldn't get out of our own way. And then finally in that second quarter, it just started to click. It felt like things started to go in slow motion. Jericho had that big catch over the middle yes. on like a quick dump down. And then he just takes off down the sideline. Braylon had a broken play. Santonio's catch in the corner of the end zone. Um, you know, Braylon had another one against like an all out blitz on a quick slant. Perfect call. Uh, by Shoddy, great job up front, picking up the free rusher, like everything started to just fall into place. And, uh, you know, they became a little unsettled. We were finally in the driver's seat. We won hidden points. We won field position. We won the turnover battle. Like everything that Rex said that week started to happen. And we saw it, we felt it. And there was just this energy on the sidelines, like, oh my God, this is the same team that blew us out on Monday night earlier. And we got them. We got him dead to rights. We score one more time, and Sean Green runs for the and he put us some sleep. For the game winner, he slept on him, puts him to sleep. Yeah, so that was like four and two postseason. Finally arc. happened. Yeah, nobody's ever going to take sure. that away from you. No, it was it was a good run. I feel like we um, we really elevated our our level of play. There was like this heightened sense of awareness in the playoffs, and um, this team really really came together. It was fun. Well, let's let's close here, uh, since this is your first time back in the facility. What has being a Jet meant to you and oh, also man. your connection with New Yorkers and Jets fans? I don't know what other kind of experience I could have ever dreamt of at 22 years old um, to come in and learn about relationships, the business side of football, learn a new playbook, meet the people I met, get exposed to the NFL the way I did. It was, uh, I mean, it was just... Other than winning a Super Bowl, I feel like we did it all, man. Just getting getting to that game would have been it. You know, that was like the one thing, that one piece of unfinished business. But other than that, it was, uh, was well-received by the fans. And, uh, you know, I just I just enjoyed every second of it, man. The the players, the coaches that all came through here, it was, it was an absolute blast. I can't say I didn't have the best time of my life. Well, don't be a stranger. This is your first Absolutely. time back. I know. First time back, Mark I treated, Sanchez. I've been treated so well. i got to come back. And, and we'll be watching you on the exchange with Nick Mangold. And how about Tom Brady? You can't escape him, man, because you are <laughs> no. on Fox, and it sure seems like Brady. I get drafted like to his division. Bra Brady's like, going to follow you on Fox? Come listen, on. Listen, everybody's got a hero, you know? Yeah. It's just <laughs> – 
Well, no, I'm excited to work with him. That'll be that'll be pretty cool. If he ever retires, though, man, he's like Benjamin Button. Oh my God, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's coming soon. But we always have you here in the my studio, man. buddy. My man. Thanks, brother. Great Appreciate catching up. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.